Hey, good morning, and welcome to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. We have uh, week number three in the NFL this weekend, and everything's looking good. Bryce is, of course, with me. I'm Doug Ray. I'm your host. And uh, how you doing, Bryce? Doug, I am doing well. I, I, I know you are as well. You got the uh, Packers their uh, first win there. Maybe you'll see another one this weekend. And uh, hey, the Denver Broncos. We're, we're both Panthers fans, but we have uh, our, our favorite teams. Yours is the Green Bay Packers. Mine's the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are two and zero, and if I can be so bold, tied for first place, not just in the AFC but in the NFL altogether. It has been a long time since we have seen the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers at two and zero. Maybe well, this, maybe this, maybe we're looking at another Super Bowl Fifty here. I don't know about that, but I tell you, <laughs> um, I was just uh, had a great weekend because all three of my teams won. The Pirates came from a twenty-seven point deficit in the fourth quarter to beat Marshall up in West Virginia. We haven't had such a comeback victory since the '92 Peach Bowl. Did they? Did Marshall go ahead and put their their second string in or something? I unfortunately wasn't televised, so I didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't catch it. But boy, <laughs> that certainly sounds like if they're up twenty seven, sounds like they started relaxing on their heels a little bit, and Pirates took every advantage of that. Well, you know, it's my favorite time of year. You can feel the air getting out there a little crisper. I mm-hmm. love it. Absolutely love football season. And um, so we have got, uh, not only is it football season, but it's radio show season, and we've got a good show here today. I I like what we've put together for this. And before we get started, Doug, uh, let's go ahead and give uh, our shout-out to uh, all of our first responders and our men and women in uniform out there and their families for doing what they do to keep America safe. Yeah, you know, that's a tradition for this show. We always want to honor all of those uh, service members, uh, folks who are veterans, and all the first responders. Uh, it's a sacrifice, and uh, we thank you for it. Yep, and it was uh, 50, 53 years ago this month that my father passed away. Um, mm giving his life for the country and his B-52. And uh, Bill, I know you're out there. You're looking down. Thank you very much for uh, your service to the country. And Doug, thank you for your service, too. All right. So what we are talking about here, at least for the first segment, is uh, the factors that we consider when sitting down with somebody who comes into our office and helping them uh, conceive of a retirement plan. And there's a lot of different factors that we consider. We ask, that's a whole hour session of us just asking questions of the clients so that we can basically gather all those puzzle pieces and start seeing what retirement might potentially look like for them. And there are certain things that uh, are key factors here that we ask. And Doug, we're going to go over here uh, for everyone out there listening. What are some of these things that we consider and why is it important to consider them? And the first one here that we're going to talk about is the planned retirement age. And that is, I would say that's a question that somebody wants us often to tell them, when can I retire? I I think I have to work five more years, but boy, howdy, if I could work only one or two more years, I would quit in a heartbeat if I could. And other people aren't like that, but some people are. And so planned retirement age is is of a huge significance. It's a big deal. I mean, that's what you build the whole retirement plan around. You know, some people know exactly when they want to retire. Other people don't have don't have a clue about uh, when they can retire. And what always just really just makes my day is when we can tell somebody, yeah, you can you can retire. 
and they don't they either came in the office thinking they couldn't or it would be several years before they could right right and to watch that smile spread across their face that's priceless yeah it is whether the spouse is sitting there as well and they look at each other and say hey guess what i know you you've been clear that you don't like your job and you just assume quit as soon as you could but you've been telling us that you've got to figure you got to work a few more years well you've already saved enough or your your spending is frugal enough uh or we can create a retirement plan around when you retire now or you know a year from now or whatnot uh yeah that is that is definitely you can see the weight leaving their shoulders but doug why retirement age is important there's a number of things here that the average person out there might not uh, have thought about other than the obvious well have i saved enough but here's some just some ideas around why your retirement age itself would how that would impact things medicare does not turn on until 65 right. so if you're retiring before 65 that means in a lot of situations whether it's through cobra or the affordable care act you're going to have to fund your own health care expenses for a few years there so if you want to retire at 62 medicare doesn't kick on until 65 that might be an expense you hadn't anticipated so that's one thing to consider. Age 62 is the first time you can turn your Social Security on. Exactly. And so that's if you want to fight, if you want to retire before 62, uh, you're not going to be able to access Social Security for a couple more years. Uh, your 401k or your um, IRA money is taxable. Not, it's always taxable, but there's a, a, a penalty to access it before 59 mm-hmm. and a half, with the exception, and a lot of people don't know this, that if you have money in a 401k and you retire at 55, Five before 59 and a half, you can actually access 401k money. Now, that's getting really nice if somebody's able to retire before uh, between 55 and 59. But if you're retiring before 55, well, then you're not even allowed to access your 401k money without there being. We've had several cases like that. We do. Yeah. We do. I mean, there's everybody out there. You know, speaking of taxes, before we go forward, I've got an important announcement to make. Um, coming up very soon. Uh, we're going to do a taxes and retirement workshop. Now, the reason this is important, and I want you there at the workshop, is because in retirement, we used to say, hey, taxes when you retire should be lower. Not anymore, folks. And there's some strategies you need to know to help reduce taxes, especially if the Biden administration is able to pass all or even a portion of their tax plan. So we're going to be talking about that, too. Now, write this down. Here's the date. It's going to be Thursday, September the 30th at 6.30 in the Broy Hill. If you can't make that one, then there's Tuesday, October the 5th, 6.30 also. You can call us to register at 336-391-3409 or simply go on thewealthguardians.com and click on the events tab. You can register right there. So I want to see you on Thursday or Tuesday, September 30th, October 5th. Very good. And all you have to do is call us 336-391-3409 to register with Joy or Lynn. We'll answer the phone. Or you can go onto our website, thewealthguardians.com, and there's our events tab there, and you can click on that. And Doug, our uh, our seminar is not just on the changes that have happened recently or potential changes that are about to happen in uh, in um, the tax laws, but it's also about how taxes are different in retirement than mm-hmm. they are. Most people who have not retired yet are used to um, earned income tax, maybe short-term capital gains and long-term capital gains taxes, and that might be about it. 
But there is a whole bunch of different tax brackets out there when you're in retirement based on all the different types of income that you might have. Uh, Social Security is taxed completely differently than uh, passive income or or other forms of income in retirement. So this is really helpful for anybody who even thinks they know what tax changes are being proposed right now. There's still some other helpful information out there. So again, 336-391-3409 is how you call to register for those seminars. And Doug and I look forward to seeing you there. Let's move on. Now that we've talked about planned retirement age as one of the factors that we consider for um, doing our financial planning. The next one that we consider is lifestyle and income needs. And I'm going to fall back to uh, just a common misconception out there that a lot of people have is that, well, I have heard that you have to have X amount of dollars in order to retire. You can't retire unless you have accumulated, and I have heard it all from $500,000 to $2 million. That is such a misnomer. That is like saying, I have to walk at least 10,000 steps a day in order to be healthy. (laughs) That is, folks, if you've heard that and you ever have ascribed even an iota of truth to a blanket generic statement like that, I want you to discard it right off the bat. There is a huge difference in how much somebody has to have saved for retirement based on their lifestyle. So here's some of the factors. Your lifestyle and income needs is what this is pertaining to. Why there can't be a blanket statement, Doug, do you have a mortgage is one thing that is, is a huge factor in that. If you have a mortgage, you have to have saved a lot more money than somebody who doesn't have a mortgage going into retirement. So that $1 million or $2 million just doesn't simply fly. There's a lot of other factors. Um, health care costs. Do you have any health issues that you think might be uh, additional um, costs for you in retirement? Do you have passive income in retirement like rent? We have a lot of landlords who come in here and talk to us. They're going to be set just because of, of their rental income that they have for um, for most of their life. Pensions is another one. But, Doug, we see people with all kinds of uh, lifestyle differentials. Yeah, I, I keep thinking about this one fellow years ago. He, uh, he His passion was restoring old farm tractors, and he must have had 150 of them. Okay. That's, that's an expensive lifestyle to keep up in retirement. Absolutely. And we're meeting with somebody right now who is uh, has 15 Jeeps, and he does off-roading <laughs> with his Jeeps. And, yeah, we figured out that uh, that's quite an expense, a lot bigger expense than he thought. So he might have to tone it down a little bit to five or six Jeeps in retirement. But anyway, we've got a lot more of those to go over with you folks. And then uh, in our second segment, Doug's also going to talk about uh, what we saw happen go on in the market there and why should that be a concern or not. So stick around through that. Before we go to break, we've got our trivia question for you. And this is a trivia question specifically for our aeronautical history buffs out there. Doug, Mm. you flew uh, fighter jets in the Navy. Thank you for that. On September 20th, 1904, Orville and Wilbur Wright successfully navigated the first circular flight. They had to market their in, their invention, and they talked to experts, and they said, look, just being able to go to Kitty Hawk and fly it a little bit and then land it again is not a, something that's marketable. You have to be able to navigate it. So we want you to do a, a circular flight and somewhere where normal planes might land or where people might want to land. So they had to demonstrate that uh, for their flyer, as they called it, to be navigatable. Navigatable? Navigatable? All right. Um, Obviously, December 17th, 1903 marked that first man flight at Kitty Hawk. But here's my question. It's a twofold question. Where did the first navigatable circular flight take place on September 20th, 1904? And which brother piloted 
that flight. Mm, All right. So, folks, if you're out there and you're into navigation, let's see if you can get that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. And welcome back to the Wealth Guardians radio show. This is Bryce Payne in the producer's chair and Doug Ray in the more important chair right beside me. (laughs) Folks, thank you for sticking around through the break here. You know, if you're out there and you're listening and you're saying to yourself, you know, I think I'm about five to seven years from retirement and I would really like to confirm that I'm making the best decisions for myself in retirement, but I have no idea who I should turn to for those answers. Well, I've got good news for you. Doug and I at the Wealth Guardians offer a no-cost, no-obligation second review so you can learn how to retire the job while keeping the paycheck. But the ball is in your court. Not only do you have to uh, know that you're five to seven years from retirement, you have to take the first step of picking up that telephone device and giving us a call. And the digits you got to press are 336 We'd be happy to sit down with you and see what services or helpful advice we can provide in your retirement planning. And while you're on the phone with us, you might want to take a moment and check your calendar and see if you are free on either Thursday, September 30th in the evening or Tuesday, October 5th in the evening, because at 6.30 on both of those dates, we are doing our taxes and retirement seminar. We do that a couple times a year, and this is probably, I think, Doug, this is the last time we're doing it for this year? It is. All mm-hmm. right, so if you want to understand both how taxes change for you in retirement than how they have been for you most of your life, or you want to get a better understanding of what tax law changes might be around the corner whenever Congress can get its act together, then uh, you want to come to, to this. And And again, the phone number is 336-391-3409. There's no cost or obligation, but you do have to register. And of course, like everything else these days, space is limited. So uh, before we get to our trivia question and our answer to see if we stumped Doug here, Hmm. as I often do, I want to highlight a part of our website. And this week, I want you to go to our homepage, and it's thewealthguardians.com. And I want you to scroll down halfway to find a replay of this very broadcast. Because it might be that you're so entertained by this that you say, I've got to listen to that show again. Well, you can just go to our website, thewealthguardians.com, on the homepage, scroll halfway down, and click the play button and listen to it all over again. But maybe it was a previous broadcast that you say, I want to really hear that trivia question or that bit of advice that Doug gave a couple of weeks back. Well, all of our radio shows are on our website. So you just got to click the Listen Now button, and it opens up a cache of radio shows from the last few years. And Doug, most of them are timeless. I think our advice doesn't (laughs) change from one season to the next, whether it's football season or baseball season or whatnot. We give out sound uh, retirement advice uh, during all the sports seasons. So that's where you got to go, folks, thewealthguardians.com, and listen to any of our shows there. Now, to get back to the trivia question, this, again, is for our aeronautical buffs. And uh, on September 20th, 1904, Orville and Wilbur Wright successfully navigated the first circular flight because they were told if they want to make any money off of this, that machine that they're flying has got to be NAVA. And this is, we had a little, Doug and I had a little discussion here during the break. I was saying navigatable, navigatable. Doug, what is the word? Navigable. Navigable. And you would know this because? Well, I navigated. You navigated. You navigatable. (laughs) Yes, you did with the Navy. So thank you again for that. Uh, So the question is here, where did this first navigable 
circular flight take place? We all know that the first flight took place in um, 19, what was it, 1903, mm-hmm. and that was here in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. But where did this first circular flight take place? And Doug, which of the brothers flew that? Well, you know, uh, here's some trivia inside trivia. Um, I should know these, but I don't. But supposedly, somewhere way back when, I am somewhat related to Orville and Wilbur. Uh, my grandmother, my mom's mom, was a Wright, and she always maintained we were related. How about that? Now, I've never done the old family tree thing Why to find not? out. For, I probably ought to do that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah I've, uh, so. I'm, um, uh, my mother has traced our genealogy back to the Mayflower, which is not an easy task. That took, no. her, that took her decades to do that, of hard, hard research. I but, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's cool then. Very good. But you don't know your family history. That's, that's, <laughs> no, I do not. That's a good question. Well, it was Wilbur Wright who flew that flight, and it was on Huffman Prairie, outside Dayton, Ohio. That's where they were from. Mm-hmm. You know that when they released all these quarters with the uh, mm-hmm. the states on the back of the quarters, North Carolina, they did them in the order that the uh, the states came into existence. And North Carolina, of course, was before Ohio. Mm-hmm. And so North Carolina got to go first, and we made the quarter first in flight. Mm-hmm. Ohio was not happy about that <laughs> because the Wright brothers were actually from uh, Ohio. And so if you look at the Ohio quarter, they have actually are also attributing that as well. But uh, that's where they were from. They used Kitty Hawk because of the winds there. But this place uh, where they did the first navigable flight was, hey, I did it. That's not bad. Was outside of Dayton, Ohio in Huffman Prairie. And that was Wilbur Wright who did that. Now, here's a little side question for you before we get back to our real topic here. The term airplane had not been coined at that point. And the Wright brothers were were referring to their specific what we would call planes, as the flyer. So they had the Kitty Hawk flyer, and then flyer number two is what they referred to them as. But what was the press, what was the general public calling these since they weren't called airplanes at the time? Boy, I don't know. Sometimes the simplest answer is the correct answer. Flying machines. Ah, okay. Is what they were called until I don't. I'd, I'd love to know when did we coin the phrase airplanes. But anyway, so there's our trivia question, folks. If you out there, then I know there's a lot of airline industries in the neighborhood, and a lot of people work for them. We have a lot of clients who work uh, for the various um, machineries out there who uh, take care of all the equipment. If you knew that answer, that's on you. That's good. That is good because even Doug didn't know that one. <laughs> so now we're going to go back and talk more about. Uh, Before we do that, Bryce, let's talk about the market just real quick. Okay, let's do it. We're in September, and uh, September historically has been the worst month for the market. And the last two weeks of September in particular have been bad. Uh, we have been seeing the market uh, for the last couple, maybe going on three weeks. Uh, have a downward trajectory. In fact, this past week, the S&P 500 closed uh, twice below its uh, 50-day moving average, which is something it hasn't done since almost a year ago. Uh, If you've been listening to this show all year, you know I've been warning that I think that we have a a fairly sizable sell-off going forward. How do I know that as I I look at the charts? uh, I'm a technician. And uh, back in early spring, the long-term charts were flashing red at me. And now we're starting to see the change in the short-term charts. So I think uh, if I'm going to be a prognosticator, (laughs) it's a word for you, um, here's what I think could play out. I think we probably have another couple weeks of a down market, then have a typical year-end rally, 
and then that would set us up uh, for some time in quarter one of 22 for a pretty sizable sell-off. And how sizable that is, uh, I, I would think a deep uh, bear market type sell-off that um, could could last uh, months. And uh, so be prepared for it. I hope I'm wrong. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I'm seeing right now. Okay, tell tell us a little bit about what happened in China this week. Well, their largest real estate development uh, company, Evergrande, uh, is essentially broke. Um, I guess they've been building too many ghost cities. And, um, you know, I talked about those about 10 years ago on this radio program. But um, they couldn't make, uh, they said they couldn't make their payments on their debt, uh, although they did manage to uh, come up with a several billion dollar payment to make. But they've got several more ahead of them that remains to be seen if they can if they can make it so the 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 market's worried about that because it's looking at that evergrand situation if they fail as being china's uh, equivalent to our lehman brothers really yeah and you know what happened after lehman brothers failed that got the whole ball rolling and uh we had the 2008 financial crisis so uh Okay. Stay tuned. Okay. There was something that you mentioned there that struck my ear. Uh, the fifty, it, the market has closed now twice below the fifty-day mm-hmm. moving average. Mm-hmm. Tell people exactly why that is an important metric to follow. So, moving average lines um, are kind of like speed bumps, if you will. A fifty-day moving average line is what most technicians like myself watch to kind of give you an initial uh-oh, watch out. Then there's the 100-day moving average and then the 200-day moving average. Uh, Institutions, once you breach the 100-day moving average, will start to lighten the load a little bit. Uh, Once you get past the 200-day moving average, then they're in full sell. Um, It's it's a flight to safety at that time. So we watch these moving average lines quite a bit. Uh, I adjust them for Fibonacci relationships. Instead of the 50, I'll do the 55. Instead of the 200, I'll do the 233, that kind of thing. But uh, it's a... It's an interesting study. It's an interesting craft. Yeah, it is. And you spend a lot of time doing that. And I always uh, enjoy uh, learning a little bit from you here on the show and and, and showing other people out there that uh, this is something that's important to watch. And folks, if you're uh, in retirement or approaching retirement and you suspect that your portfolio might be a little too susceptible to the downside of the market, remember, as you approach retirement, you are now in or approaching or are in the wealth preservation stage of life. While most of your years you've been in the wealth accumulation stage of life, the portfolio that you should have, the allocation that you should have at this stage of the game changes drastically from the allocation that you are okay to have for the last 20, 30, or 40 years. That doesn't happen automatically. You have to make those changes. You have to go to a professional and seek out what types of changes do I need to make to my portfolio so that if the market does what Doug suspects that it might do here in the next couple of quarters and drops significantly, um, you want to have a professional on your side showing you how to pro- uh, prepare your portfolio for that. If the market drops 37% like it did in February, March last year, you don't want your portfolio to drop 37% if you're in retirement or even a couple of years from retirement. That's what we help our clients do. But you got to pick up the phone and call us, 336 391 
3409 is our phone number and we would be happy to sit down with you and again see what services or help we can provide in planning out your retirement. 336-391-3409 is our phone number. We'd love to sit down with you. Doug, I think we're out of time. We've got to hit yeah. the uh, hit it. Uh, we will talk more about this topic that we want to spend more time on, hopefully next week. Folks, you have a great weekend. I hope your teams win. And Doug, uh, I hope your team wins until we meet each other. Let's go watch some football. Let's do it. Take care, everybody.